Every Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com slash panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that now space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. At some point, we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds.
everybody, welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Media. Check out our new show, How the Tech Are You? You can find that on every podcatcher, also on YouTube. Um, we just recorded our second episode of that last night or yesterday afternoon, and uh, that'll be out tomorrow. Uh, there's no live stuff for that yet, but once we get it dialed in, we may figure out some ways to incorporate some live events around how the tech are you uh, shout out to historian matt for the idea of the show and shout out to me for the name <laughs> <laughs> i would like to thank me <laughs> i'm producer dave and you can find me on grinder hey this is uh the councilman you can find me on the count on the corner usually ranting about something or another um usually it's the price of coffee it fills um but you can also find me on twitter at the underscore councilman um you could look us up on echoplexmedia.com on the contact page please give us your show bucks on patreon please subscribe on twitch and you can go to the support page on the website to find out all the other ways that you can support this wonderful network stay tuned for local love after down ballot for the second part of our local evening here on tuesdays and please tune in to down ballot every tuesday night and if you're downloading the podcast thank you listener <laughs> so <clears throat> we kind of changed up what we're doing on tuesday um just so everybody knows after local love we're no longer going to be doing the crazy because um it's just too hard to wrangle all those musicians and stuff or to politely be like please don't try to do the crazy with me <clears throat> um no, so, crazy. But, I, but we're not shutting down actually me and chip are both going to spin some tunes until uh until we uh decide not to chip left his uh brand new con dj controller here and it is um interesting to work on a piece of equipment that all the buttons work on that's for sure that's got to be nice actually right yeah um it's <clears throat> some things about it i like some things i don't maybe i'll do a review of it on how the tech are you actually because uh i have been a dj for a very long time it's a it's ah. a it's a rain controller, not Pioneer. So some things I like about it, it kind of nostalgia, like the way the buttons and knobs and shit are all laid out on the mixer part, like reminds right. me of like 1998 where every mixer was a rain TTM 57 unless, <laughs> unless it wasn't. And then I would break the thing like while it was playing on it, but there's some things I don't like about it. It's got like motorized platters and like, I don't like that. Um, and that's a whole other show, but, uh, shout out to chip for leaving that here. And tonight, I think, will be the first time people really hear Chip spin on our stream. He's played on my controller before, but it's not suited for what he does. So this controller really? is very much suited for what he does. And, and it's why I find it frustrating, probably. Just some of the some of the features are in weird places. And it does things I don't understand. So <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'm sure he will enjoy it. it what are some of the, real quick, what are the differences between the way that you, uh, the ways that you guys spin? Oh, it's the kind of music. He plays hip hop. Oh, well, there you go. Does he, he do scratches. some beats in there and yeah, scratches? He scratch he's he's a turntablist. He scratches wick, does wick, wicky wick. <clears throat> I can't I can I can juggle beats and like do like live remixing and stuff the same as he does, but I just don't I just never I was like when I first started playing records, I was never interested really in, in hip hop until later, and it was already after I was playing house and trance music. So that's oh, a whole, sure. just a whole different style of DJing. So for sure. For sure. But it'll be but good for good. everybody to hear him play tonight because he does like live mashups and shit. So and it, it sort of fits in. I also, I played an hour and a half or so before uh, Down Ballot. Uh, so anybody who hung out for that, thank you, thank you. I'm definitely not um, able to do as much as quickly on that thing. Just because it's, like I said, it's just a whole different ball game. But it's certainly fun. And it's amazing because it's within like a quarter inch in all dimensions of this controller I have. So it just pops right into my case. No problem. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. 
But that's not what we're here to talk about. This is our local news show. Anybody who's here for the first time on Twitch, this show kind of came out of our Sunday show um, because the local news started just pushing out all of the other like national news. So we decided to do another show. And it's been on again, off again, but we've been on a good run, I think, lately of uh, just doing this every week. Pop, 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 pop. Absolutely. And to be fair, I mean, we, we would probably only dock it maybe one, two, max three local stories, but usually about one. And we would just spend like half an hour talking about that one fucking story and we wouldn't get to the rest of the docket. That was also back when there were five fucking people in this room. That's true. It was also a little harder to get a word in edgewise. Right. So um, now well, it's just the, us, us two dicks. You know, we can you can wave them around as much as we want. And I mean, ev- you know, you wanted everybody to have their say or else we wouldn't invite them over. I do like exactly. not having five people in this room like when it's warm out. Like now it's starting to get a little warmer. So only yeah. having me and a computer spitting out a bunch of fucking heat is uh yeah. is nice. It's definitely right. nice. You, you can breathe. We had some we had some situations with heat. I think the, I remember one night specifically where it was like still a hundred degrees when we started the plot. <laughs> you you were there. Everybody yes. was like Yes, and there was no, there was not enough cold beer, nor you know, cold frosty mugs, nor air conditioning, or open windows that was going to save us. I think we even did open the windows at some point, and it was still just blazing hot. <laughs> and we just, we just said, "Fuck it," the neighbors are going to have to listen to the show tonight. <laughs> um, I'm doing that tonight, actually, just to cool off the room. But I don't believe my neighbors are home right now, and they, they love me anyway, so I could, I could get away with, you know, well, maybe not murder. My uh, want to murder. My windows always, always open behind this banner but it's not like a lot of air comes through sure but what is it's because it was warm today during local love i'll probably take the banner down because who cares a non-permeable membrane yeah as they say um so uh what do we have leading off tonight we have um i i titled this one food fight (laughs) (laughs) i think it's apt i think it's very apt it's not really about a food fight obviously it's uh the people so the the last group that was doing the gilroy garlic fest um, is no longer doing it or is no longer able to do it in the way before. So it seems like there's a little bit of a territory fight in Gilroy for who's going to get to put on whatever the Gilroy Garlic Fest turns into. And so we're going to let the local news tell us a little bit about that because that's easier than me trying to dig into it and explain it and read copy and shit. We start with a fight to take over the Garlic Festival. After Gilroy organizers announced the event was canceled, a prominent Central Valley grower stepped up to say he is reviving the festival, but in Stockton. As KPIX 5's Lim Ramirez reports, that's not going over so well in the place where the festival was born. Well, Gilroy obviously takes a lot of pride in calling itself the garlic capital of the world. And so when a Stockton area grower stepped up to say that he would be reviving the garlic festival in that area, a lot of folks around here were offended, hurt, and angry. And it feels like it's going to be a stolen event. Delia Perez is a Gilroy local who's volunteered and attended the Garlic Festival for years. So she was disappointed when organizers announced future festivals would be canceled and then came insult to injury at the prospect that Stockton would take it over. We donate our time. She's like, do you know how much meth they do in Stockton? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to volunteer there. (laughs) It's going to be the Garlic Meth Festival. Volunteers have been working into the night on the Garlic Festival here in Stockton. <laughs> Deep into the morning hours, some of them all overnight just to get just to get the festival prepared for prime time. Um, in our city for so long, to find out that it's going to go to a new city, 
It's a little disturbing. It all began when San Joaquin County grower, racetrack owner, and asparagus festival organizer Tony Nassetti announced on social media that he would bring back the garlic festival after Gilroy's cancellation, but it would be in Stockton. That's all I'm looking at continuing the legacy of working on keeping a garlic festival healthy going. You can't take the Gilroy Garlic Festival away from Gilroy. Gilroy garlic grower Ken Christopher, whose grandfather was one of the founders of the garlic festival, said Nassetti's plan feels like an unfriendly takeover. They haven't reached out to a garlic garlic this grower guy. is a is a funny, funny name for a guy who lives in that fucking mansion. And wears that shirt and has that haircut and that cleft chin like this. This guy is like garlic grower like I'm uh you know, uh, 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 I don't, I don't want, I don't even know at this point. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm not buying that at all. This is definitely legacy kind of, <laughs> kind of thing. I'm, I am the owner of Gilroy. Yeah, yeah. He has a, he has a whole business team, and by that I mean people that run the business while he takes the money. Correct. Yeah, garlic. I'm sorry. So yeah, he's a garlic grower. Like I'm a housing provider, right? <laughs> I'm a landlord. Anyone from the Gilroy Garlic Festival Association, the city, my family, or my company, it's a little bit irresponsible for them to use our legacy to promote themselves. Gilroy organizers say the festival was canceled because of rising costs, insurance, and security after the 2019 mass shooting. Nassetti said he stepped up only because Gilroy walked away from it. And I don't mean to be rude to them folks, but that group made the announcement that there wasn't going to be a festival anymore. Now, I'm not trying to steal their festival. Nassetti did revive the Asparagus Festival, which is happening this weekend at the San Joaquin County Fairgrounds, and says he'll have an announcement on the Garlic Festival sometime later this week. We don't never back down. We set our mind to it. In Gilroy, Len Ramitas, KPIX5. So if Gilroy goes to war with Stockton, who's going to win? That's a very good question. Um, so Gilroy has... I think a lot more of the garlic. I don't know how much garlic they grow in Stockton, honestly. So they definitely have a claim to the garlic. I think they can definitely lay claim to the garlic capital of the world moniker. So, you know, they really are at a disadvantage, Stockton, in terms of building themselves as a brand around garlic. Um, but they do have, um, I think at least they've attempted to have universal basic income. So the people there are pretty happy on the whole uh, and they have a little money in their pocket to spend. So um, a festival like this could probably pop off. You know, garlic ice cream is damn popular uh i haven't you know tried it in a while but i remember it being pretty tasty um so we'll we'll see but i i don't know if, if they had to go to war like actual war you have to imagine i mean stockton you know that central valley scrappy port city you know i i have, I have a feeling they'd have it up on on go to be honest with you I just I feel like I just feel like this doesn't matter but stockton will be at a disadvantage because gilroy is right like some people say it's part of the bay area some people say it's not but it's like right next to San Jose. And so like the, the attendance is going to just generally be higher because there's a big city next to it. I would say so Stockton's close enough and Stockton's a bigger city than Gilroy in terms of population that could, you know, there that could support. And then you have Sacramento. Um, so it, it would be a regional draw, I think. Um, so, um, but, uh, you, you're right in that there's this immediate population. They are pretty much Bay area adjacent. Um, Although I don't know, it's funny. I don't know if uh, Gilroyans would, <laughs> uh, they might be split on that. Like, are we part of the Bay Area? Are we not part of the Bay Area? I bet you there would be pretty stark split. You know, I <clears throat> I just bet that like more than half of the people at the Gilroy Garlic Festival are not residents of Gilroy proper. Oh, I bet it's a lot of people from San Jose. Oh, for sure. No, I, like I said, it's a regional kind of an event. So that's that's why it's a drag um, that it, you know, if it's not going to be able to go down here, it, can, it hurts our regional economy. Um, 
because there's a lot of ancillary stuff that goes along economics that goes along with a garlic festival right you're not just eating at the garlic festival you're getting gas to go to the garlic festival or you're getting on tour you're paying for transit um hopefully uh and you're making a day out of it right it's not just the money you're spending at the festival it's money you're spending on businesses in and around the festival so um yeah it's a huge drag for the for the uh the neighborhood and for the community and there's nothing stopping gilroy from still doing something some kind of garlic fest like in the downtown area shutting down the shutting down the streets and stuff i know it's a lot less space but then they just you know they can still call it the gilroy garlic festival and just call it the original california garlic festival right i mean at this point what it is is the promoters who put on the garlic festival every year right are not interested in doing it again it doesn't mean that the brand can't go on it just means someone else couldn't pick it up right um mr christopher if he wants to you know get out of get spend of his largesse maybe <laughs> he wants to finance um a really highfalutin garlic festival to bring it back right and make an investment who knows um we shall see but uh those those kinds of events oftentimes do lose money um, it's 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 entire well especially now because it's we're a little bit in an unpredictable territory i've seen big events um public events pop off i've seen them not draw many people at all so i think that there, there's a varying level of comfort still in coming back um and it's and especially with the, the garlic festival itself given the the shooting that happened a couple of years ago um you know that, that that definitely had plays a role here i'm sure as well we um yeah like i just i know that like <clears throat> Let's say uh, Silicon Valley Pride, if it didn't have all these corporate sponsors, it would just hemorrhage money for the promoters. It would absolutely hemorrhage money. San Francisco Pride would do a little bit better because the uh, the booth space is definitely valuable. And the right. the charge for the booth space, unless you're like a, an established San Francisco nonprofit, they get a deal. But um, the booth space there is very expensive. And and so I think it's, it would be a little bit closer, but they're still relying on corporate sponsorship and city funds for San Francisco Pride. Yeah, and and the same for the garlic fest. Honestly, I've done a, even a smaller kind of like chili cook-off event, right in the, in the community near you, actually. Um, and that event, you know, all day, you know, pretty good attendance. You know, we would we would have broken even if it wasn't for the sponsorships, right? The sponsorships are what gave us a profit. Um, so yeah, the, the, <laughs> uh, much like the Olympics, it's it can be a, a boondoggle as well for your communities. I went to I went to that sweet high I played. Yeah, yeah, that was really it was a fun time. It's a, it, there, there's something to be said for how these events build community, right, and offer opportunity for community building and community coming together. That is not necessarily like something you can put a price tag on, right? It's in, it's one of those intangibles. Um, so there's something to be said for that as well too, and for creating a brand and for creating a brand around your community, um, and not just about making money. I mean, I don't even want to think about how much like a boogie on the avenue in Campbell loses, right? Like. Right God, or whatever they, they're called. What are they calling it this year? There isn't it coming this month, later this month. It's I boogie. Don't think it's being, yeah, it's, is it still called boogie? Yeah, they <clears throat> again. South Bay once again is freezing out dance music from yet another event, an event called boogie. They just froze out no DJs. I know several DJs who applied for time slots and were uh, ghosted. Every last bands one of only us ghosted bands, bands only. only cover bands oh. and shit too. <clears throat> they think okay. it's i think like and I, the gilroy garlic fest too there's just like a lot of cover bands and shit and it's really weird i think that the, a lot of and i i know in san francisco it's very much different but at these community events here in the south bay you're getting you know sweet high is not a cover band um and we love them but their music's fairly mainstream fairly kind of pop right and uh you know i just feel like 
a lot of Sweet Haya would probably get to play at one of those uh, one of those events. But like a lot of other artists and stuff get frozen out of these South Bay events. Uh, the only one that doesn't freeze out people uh, like me and Chip actually is Sub Zero. Um, both of us are actually applying to uh, applying to play at Sub Zero, um, but that's the only one. Oh, and of is course, like Bike Party, but like Bike Party, you have to have a DJ. Ah. And that's like, it's got like a renegade spirit too. And like a DJ will show up for an illegal event. Like, it's just like, you know what I'm saying? But like these bigger events, uh, you know, I know we're kind of off the topic of the Gilroy Garlic Fest, but I bet that event also froze out all the DJs unless the DJ was like playing the hits. It's yeah. And it's, it's also the, you know, the crowd, I guess you're trying to attract versus the crowd that you, you know, you can expect to attract, you know, it's, it's a, it's a marketing question too. Um, but uh, I'm I'm all for eclectic. Normally, that's my my style because I want to attract as wide an audience as possible for an event like that. Because um, that's kind of the point. Like I said, community, right? Um, so yeah, I, I that's that's unfortunate. Um, even as a guy who used to play in a cover band, even as a guy who used to play in a rock band, um, an original rock band, um, and has not DJed, uh, that's unfortunate because I think there's a lot of opportunity for collaboration and and. Uh, diversity of of a uh, musical acts that we're missing out on should have some marching bands too and just real quick shout out to the rebels camp shout out to the former band audible smoke shout out to relapse shout out to sweet haya i've played at events with all of those bands invited and encouraged like by the bands and so it's not the artists here we all stick together especially like the crew like the crew of people that hang out at the caravan and stuff we all stick together and so right. like just shout out to the musicians and shout out to some of the venues and um it's just it's just a big mess anyway that's off topic and i'm just complaining about san jose um so well, we're gonna complain about some winners and losers then yeah let's move on to winners and losers i feel like maybe in a year we'll be uh, doing this uh doing this very very show from a <laughs> some kind of high rise in san francisco because there's just a lot of people still working from home and it seems like seems like maybe seems like maybe the that market's gonna crash yeah we could get some cheap real estate commercial real estate up in sf and you know bart into the to do the podcast and the, and the shows <laughs> i think that'd be fabulous let's find out What's going on? You know, a live look at San Francisco, where a new work perk from Airbnb could change the tech landscape. KPX5 is better you on what the new work from wherever policy could mean for our big cities and small businesses. Airbnb, which is headquartered on Brandon Street, said its new policy will put the company in a better position to hire and retain the best people. In an email to employees, CEO Brian Chesky said salaries won't change if employees decide to move. It looks like a garlic producer. will still have to meet in person for regular team meetings and events. Think Tank joint venture Silicon Valley says workplace flexibility is going to be the new norm. The interesting shift is that um, this has come to be classified now as a worker right. Not a privilege, but a right. Uh, in other words, it's a perk that has uh, come to be expected. Airbnb says employees can spend up to three months working in each country they visit every year, but they will still need a permanent address for tax and payroll reasons. There will be ripple effects uh, in the economy. We'll see that in the corporate kitchens. We'll see that in the other corporate services that used to be provided on a full-time basis. And small businesses may struggle to get foot traffic.
traffic. This week, the San Francisco Controller's Office released a new report that found that more than 20% of office space is sitting empty in the city, up from 7% before the pandemic began. Jonathan Perez currently works from home for a for-profit education institution. If I'm getting paid the lifestyle of San Francisco, which is a high, you know, lifestyle, and I can move to like the Midwest and get paid a really nice job on a salary and then, you know, buy a house. Cost of living is significantly different in Houston. So anybody who's coming from California to Houston, they're going to have their same pay. They're going to be doing pretty well. In San Francisco, Betty Yu, KPIX 5. 20% isn't actually that much empty office space i not not really i bet it's i bet it's not unprecedented but when you think about the total amount of square feet of empty office space yikes yeah very much i mean it's it's a ton um you don't want to see 20 percent, right but it's actually at the same time it's not unprecedented uh but uh, the question is going to be, is that 20% going to come down? Is it, are we going to start refilling these spaces? There's also a lot of commercial space that's coming online, as they say, in terms of being developed or in the pipeline in the next few years, including like the huge new Googleplex in downtown San Jose um, that's supposed to house uh, 20,000 jobs, right? Um, and house, sorry, <laughs> have, have housing for uh, about that many people too. So are we really... Um, are we really going to a place where that's that's still going to be viable? They seem to think so. Um, and so they're investing a ton of you know, all their Google money in it. Um, but we shall see. We shall see. Um, who knows? Maybe the Salesforce, maybe towers in the future, you know, the Salesforce tower and other you know high rises, perhaps they'll just be used for, um, you know, uh, leisure and, you know, uh, cultural statements. Who knows? I, yeah, I just hope like, we don't get another situation where <clears throat> a similar organization like we work starts buying up a lot of property. Um, I don't know if you know much about the, we work uh, saga. I, oh yes, very much. So um, I even considered having a little, we work faith. Um, thankfully it didn't work out. Yeah. I, it was, it was a little pricey. Yeah, it was definitely, I looked at it too. It was definitely too much for what I need. Um, right. the, the, yeah. And it was, it was not suitable for my, what I do during the day. And it was not definitely not suitable for what I do here because you can't smoke weed inside of WeWork. So, <laughs> uh, so, so we have other is- news about um, this is not the Millennium Tower. This is the Salesforce Tower. But we have been covering a lot of uh, high rise San Francisco news. And this one's this one's my kind of shit here. Honestly, we're just going to let the local news uh, cover this and uh, we'll talk a little bit about it after. Right now on KPIX 5 and streaming on CBS News Bay Area, breaking news, a man has just been arrested after scaling the Salesforce Tower by hand. Good afternoon, Ellen Keats. And I'm Amanda Starantino. We've been following this as it unfolded just blocks from our station. KPX 5's Justin Andrews joins us live with the very latest on this. Justin, what can you tell us? We are right now, we are on the street level of Salesforce Tower, and as you can see, things are kind of back to normal right now. People have been going in and out of this Salesforce Tower, but oh my goodness, it was anything but normal about two hours ago. Just imagine being in your office, working inside here, and you see a guy climbing past your office window, hundreds of feet above ground. That's what a lot of people saw. I want to get right to that Chopper 5 video that captured this very bizarre story. The guy was climbing this 60-story tower, and it doesn't appear he had any type of safety equipment 
equipment attached to his body. Some on social media said that he had maybe suction tools to help him climb. San Francisco Fire started monitoring this around 10 o'clock this morning for perspective. Salesforce Tower is the tallest skyscraper in the West that gives you an idea of how tall this building is. Just before 11, though, that guy made it to the very top and our exclusive Salesforce cameras captured the arrest. This video you won't see anywhere else this afternoon, but a lot of people we talked to were shook at what they saw. Take a listen. It's more nerve-wracking for me than for him. <laughs> I'm over here worried about him. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. There's other ways to protest abortion or whatever you want, but this is America and this is San Francisco. What do you expect? Now, to be clear this afternoon, authorities have not uh, officially confirmed the reason this guy was climbing, but it's heard that witness said that he may be connected to abortion and something of that sort. We're still waiting to get details from authorities on exactly why this man was climbing this building. But again, it certainly was a sight to see for a lot of people here in downtown San Francisco. We're live in downtown San Francisco this afternoon. I'm Justin Andrews, KPI X5. He must have been connected with abortion or something. It could have been protesting the the SCOTUS decision for sure. Um, yes, it could have been, but it's a it's, it's a weird way to protest it because it's unclear what your protest is about. Um, uh, time for tinfoil in our chat is like immediately like free him, free him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they actually had an interview with the the you know the perpetrator uh, on another network, um, and he's yeah he said. They said uh, it was not about anything at all, not about a protest, not about anything more than the building being there and them wanting to climb it. Well, shit. Pretty much. I mean, that's like the guy, the guy on the ground said, I mean, for him to do it, the guy has to have nerves of steel. So the people on the ground watching it were probably more nervous than he was. Well, not just them, the people inside the building, because they, they had some video of him like going past, you know, outside. As, imagine being at your desk, right? On like whatever the... 45th floor or something <laughs> and, and some dude just free free climbs outside the window <laughs> yeah i'd be terrified Waves. i'd be terrified for him but again you don't do that kind of thing if you're terrified of it because you're gonna fall if you're terrified yeah, you're, would, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to do it yeah no absolutely you wouldn't even start but yeah so, i think uh, we should i think we should free the the salesforce tower climber we should certainly I bet a catch and release. I don't think they're like, oh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to remand this person into custody until their first court date. That's the kind of person you'll let out. Right. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, and actually, if you look at, if you see the the footage there, you know, when uh, he was being arrested, um, you know, and led away, even the cops were not all that stressed about him. I granted he was white. So that there's and that he immediately um, like gave himself up. Yeah. But, but like, what um, else so, are you going to do when you get to the top? What are you going to climb back down? Well, yeah, and you, and you probably expect to get arrested at that point, right? So, um, so yeah, they, but they were very casually escorting him off of the roof of the Salesforce Tower. And then he was interviewed later, and he was obviously let, or, uh, let go on his own recognizance. And, you know, he'll, he'll await a, a slap on the wrist court date where he'll be given community service or something like that. But I don't know if he, you know, if, if he was black. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> one may never know. We should see if we can get him on. I, I, that would be good. Let me, let's, uh, yeah, um, I'll reach out to my my friends in in local media, see if we can. Yes, yeah, if you just find out like just an email address or something, I'd love to have that guy on. That'd be really funny because we'd ask sure. the, we'd ask the tough questions like, "Did you almost fall once? <laughs> <laughs> How many times you have to practice first? How many times you fall on your butt first before you try this? It's actually a pretty. If you look at it, this the the structure of the building actually is it actually lends itself pretty well to freeform or, or whatever 
whatever they call it, free climbing, um, simply because there's both plenty of places to put your feet and your hands and, and to just pretty much shimmy up the, the building. So uh, very well designed, Mark Benioff. I would fall off of the thing before I was even high enough to kill myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I and mean, he's like, Oh, I was, you know, throwing my leg out and, and waving at, at the people inside just to give them a thrill and a video. I'm like, okay. Well, I just did it for attention. Well, like whatever. Like, I mean, we yeah. live in an attention economy. Yeah. If he plugged, if he would have plugged his Twitch channel during the interview, that would have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to wear a shirt that says, you know, with the, the handle, right? Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, really. yeah. Oh, that would God. be the best. Follow so, me on Twitch. On to us, much smaller buildings. Apparently, someone was refused service at Jack in the Box because they're deaf. Yes, that's all I know. I mean, that's the headline. So I think that the, the local news ought to tell us. But I figure that definitely belonged under winners and losers because there's no winners here because the they deaf people didn't get Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box in the East Bay, but they claim they were refused service because they're deaf. NBC Bay Area's Ian Cole has the exclusive story. All right. Cesar Ayala lives in San Francisco and was visiting a college friend in Livermore last weekend. Both men are deaf. Ayala signed for our interview and a friend translated. We were like, hey, let's go get something to eat. We were both hungry and he said, yeah, sure. They went to this Jack in the Box drive through around 1 a.m. Sunday, and that's when the trouble started. So we drove up to the window and I saw the employee in there. I waved to try to get his attention and gestured that I couldn't hear and tried showing him my phone. Hey, go ahead. They took a video of them trying to communicate with the employee after several attempts. And so I'm pointing to the phone like, hey, can you read this? And he waves his hand. No, he waves a finger at me and says something. He looks like he's angry and slams the window on me. And it just really felt like uh, it was just so frustrating. We've blurred the employee's face because we've been unable to get a comment from him. At one point, the man is heard on the video saying he's going on break. I have to take break. Break. But Ayala claims the driver behind them was able to place an order through the call box, something they weren't able to do. That was my first time going through something like that. Uh, it's happened to other deaf people. I'm aware of it happening to other deaf people in the past. We've seen these situations come up across the country, and I feel like I'm, I'm really fighting for them too at this point. Ayala wouldn't leave. Someone at the restaurant called police. Livermore PD confirms they responded but determined it was a civil issue, not criminal. We reached out to Jack in the Box Media Relations and haven't heard back yet. Ayala wanted to share his story in the hopes companies will educate their employees for these situations. When somebody is hired, somebody, those people should be trained on how to work with the deaf and disabled thoroughly to make sure that, that their customers are given complete access. So education is the most important part. Ian Cole, NBC Bay Area News. I mean, I was at a, I was at, uh, Burger King. I shouldn't eat that shit, but every once in a while I do. And the person, in, like two people in front of me or whatever, was deaf. And the person at the counter handed them a tablet, and the fucking just ordered on the tablet, gave back the tablet, and fucking paid. I yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll say this, um, and not to be crude or nothing. Um, I don't even swing that way, but my goodness, that gentleman. I would not refuse service. Yeah, to him. I was gonna. I was, I was also. Good yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that was a, that was. A, I was thinking the same thing, but I was just gonna let that one go. Oh man. Yeah. So um, I, I no, no problem there. But yeah, and, and, and you know what? Perhaps who knows? Perhaps that was part of this. You know, the the employees' issue as well too. Who knows? Um, what that uh, he was good looking. Oh, 
Yeah. He, oh, putting. Yeah. Oh, oh well, no, <laughs> no, no. That he was good looking with another good looking man, right? You know, um, well, and so, or cis male. I, um, I, uh, I, I, I think it could be. It could be. Who knows? It could who be. Who knows? I don't want to put that on it, but, but the, it was obviously because they did not want to have to deal with, um, their, you know, their abilities, uh, or, or lack thereof, unfortunately. Um, I, I think it's good and, business yeah. for any of, I think it's good policy for any of these businesses to just have an order tablet available for anyone who needs it. Um, most places do. And, you know, so like, um, what if it's, what if it's not necessarily that someone's, uh, has a hearing disability? What if it's, what if it's a parent in the car and the kids are screaming and it's just a nightmare. They're trying to communicate with the person. Yeah. And then the person at the thing goes, Oh, just pull up to the window. I'll give you a tablet. It sounds like you're, it sounds like you're having a day, you know? Yeah. There's got, there's, there can be some sort of button or something. Someone can press to notify the drive through person that, Hey, I, you know, I am hearing impaired, right? I cannot, um, I can't order on this squawk box thing <laughs> or, with you. or I just prefer to order with a tablet. Right. You know, you could also, I guess, order via the app and then pick it up like that. I just, yeah, but you should still just be, you shouldn't have it, to do that. Not at all. Every, every way that anyone else can get their food, right. Should be accessible to everyone. Right. So if you, you're right, like they should have a policy um, and it, it does, shouldn't matter what percentage of the population uses what, you know, channel to get their food. Right. Every opportunity that I have everyone should have to get their, their Jack in the box. If they want to have their nuggets or their, um, their, uh, their 99 cent, I guess it's dollar 99 tacos now. <laughs> no, 99 they cents still. To, are they still? Oh man. They're the worth app. it. They're worth it. Um, <laughs> to get those 99 cent tacos, you know, you should be able to get them on the app or, um, through the drive through or walking into the store. Um, however you want to do it, uh, no matter how you can do it. Yeah. But like, my experience seeing that the person just without hesitation grabbed the tablet right from under the counter when the yeah. person like signaled that they couldn't hear, handed it to them. The person stepped to the side. The next person ordered while this person was filling out the thing on the tablet. They gave back the tablet and then they swipe. The, yeah, I don't know. It's connected to the, I don't know. Fuck it. There's some, somebody's overcharging them for an inefficient system. And then they just swipe the person's credit card and, and the person got their food. It was like, it was yeah. like not even a problem. It was like, yeah. this wasn't like even a high tech solution. It was an iPad. <laughs> and you have, a, and you have that built in like 15% tip option too. So, <laughs> so it works out even better that way. Yeah, no, I, I, if anything, this will just, you know, lead to more traffic to other establishments and the, the places that, um, I think the places that embrace accessibility are going to profit and the ones that don't are you know going to find themselves, especially nowadays in a world of hurt. Because this is something that goes viral, right? This is, and it may just be that one Jack in the Box. Who knows? Maybe and, Jack in the Box does have a corporate policy, but this guy, this one employee, was not following the, the or the policy. bad bad training. Uh, the right. store doesn't have the equipment. Manager, but right. you'd think that something like that, Jack in the Box, their PR department would respond within like five minutes, saying, "Hey, we actually you, have policies in place around this. You know, we have a there's a page on our website you can look at here. You know, the things we've done. Here's what the training's supposed to be and uh, you know, we, you know, that our, our stores are franchised, but we will contact the store and make sure that that store's employees are trained properly on how to deal with the hearing, hearing impaired. One would hope, but I, I was kind of surprised that they hadn't responded at least to say some sort of corporate speak, right? Um, that well, was, was the surprising. corporate speak you need to be speaking is that this isn't how Jack in the Box is run. This was, right. this was an anomaly and we have many deaf customers that visit our stores every day and. In fact, we have deaf employees. Yeah, we have. Know, and, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's what you would expect. Um, but yeah, surprising that they did not. 
So they're either they their PIO dropped the ball or media relations is just a checked out for the weekend. I don't know. Or that was like a last minute store. No, because they went out and interviewed the guy and stuff. So you have to figure they had like, they had at least 12 hours to respond. And that's, that's plenty of time for your, for a big corporation like that, for somebody to at least get back and be like, Hey, we'll have a, you know, we're going to look into this a little bit more. And if you want to follow up, but here's like our policies and our policies, obviously were not followed. And we're going to definitely look into this because this isn't what we want people to have happen when they come to our stores. Yeah. Even with a local story like that, like with, um, Ian or whoever's covering it, they'll get, you'll have at least an hour or two hours, you know, just to say something, right? And if you don't have a, if you're jack in the box media relations and you don't have a canned response to something like this already, <laughs> you know, like uh, you should have uh, uh, corporate communications, you should have the crisis management, you know, um, messaging already done. You just sort of fill in the blank of what it is. You know what the, you know what the, the known problems could be in your business, right? Like jack in the box, food poisoning employees treating customers badly right there's there's only a few things that could really go wrong or the um, or so, the flip side where you have a where you have a thing where <clears throat> management maybe and they're uh, this is this is pie in the sky shit but where you have management not sticking up for employees who are being abused by the customers mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. canned responses for all that you know we have policies where we kick people out of our stores if they're yeah you know that but no, i don't know i i just if they were able to go out to if they were able to go out and interview this person like in person then the jack in the box had time to respond. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't, uh, frankly, they shouldn't even let it get to that point. If it's, if they're corporately owned, like they might, there might be some franchising going on here, right? I don't know how jack in the box boxes are operated. Um, so it may not be a central situation, centralized situation. So they may, they may not have been aware of it at the corporate level and might've caught them off guard. Um, but again, they should have plans in place that at, at that level that kind of corporate level they should have plans and, and schemes in place for when any shit like this pops off so because they have teams of people that do this stuff like sometimes some groups some organizations businesses have one person they have like whole floors of people on these vacant office buildings <laughs> that do this work right from and home now. even just responding with like a short something and be like we're gonna have to get back to you we don't know all the details but here are our yeah. policies around this yeah. and what you're what yeah. you're describing to us violates every one of our policies around this kind of thing for our franchisees, you know? Right. And Just, we're giving these guys two free tacos. Oh yeah. Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We like, we need, you know, we'd like to, we'd like to send them and not your fries. Oh no. We'd like to send them a gift card. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'd like to 100%. send them a gift card. Uh, why, uh, why not? Your supply, your supply of Jack in the box. Even just a hundred dollar, just a hundred dollar gift card for both of these people. It's like not no money for Jack in the Box, and they look good in the end. That's about all the Jack in the Box I could eat in a year. Actually, is a hundred bucks probably before I puke. Yeah, but just saying, you take you 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 bring it over to your friends' houses and stuff. Just spread it out, you know. A nacho fry here, uh, a bacon cheeseburger here. All right, well let's let's move on uh, to our final story on the winners and losers docket. Uh Um, I think we covered this last year too. Oh, last year or last or last week? <laughs> no, I think we covered this like a year ago. Um, well, it's back. Uh, so our our favorite children's game is back. Um, oh. If you haven't played it, you know we now definitely you know. we definitely talked about this like a year ago. It's, well, now it's in Benicia. Oh no! Identified the game is at the center of controversy in Benicia. It's being called racist and insensitive, and some students say it led to them being harassed. KTV's Alyssa Harrington joins us now live from Benicia, where the NAACP and police address that game tonight. Alyssa. 
That's right. That game is called La Migra, and it basically mimics ICE agents rounding up immigrants. Now, tonight, members of the community, including the mayor and the police chief, gathered to talk about this. They used to have another game like that. It was called Smear the... But, but what are you talking about? I'm not going to say it. Yeah, yeah. They used, to have another, say- they used to have another game like that, actually. Hmm. Yes. And you have a tradition how to phase it out completely. To be shot at, called slurs, and chased. What started as a date to get some ice cream turned into a traumatic experience for Z Chavez and his girlfriend, Ali. Z, a 16-year-old high school student from Benicia, said they were just leaving the double rainbow in downtown when two cars full of people pulled up beside them and started to verbally harass them. He said they shouted racial slurs and someone fired pellets as they tried to walk away. I am disgusted. Disgusted that within this town that I trusted, um, the town that I have fallen in love with, and the town that I have serviced with my own hard work, exists hate. A hate for people who look like me. A hate for people who look like my partner who is black. This happened the night of Friday, April 8th. The same night, a controversial game called La Migra was also being played. Many students in the district take part. La Migra is the slang term for ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. The older teens pretend to be the ICE agents and go around town trying to catch the younger students who pretend to be immigrants trying to run. This has been something that has been going on for a very long time, and if you do not address it, it will be going on even further. Hakeem Brown with the NAACP chapter of Vallejo and Benicia said there should be no tolerance for this type of behavior. The police chief also said it causes problems every time it's played. We have a a bunch of kids running around in dark clothing. We've had reports of kids hopping fences, running in and out of traffic, doing dangerous things. Calls for service go up and they have to bring in additional officers on overtime, but... We can't arrest our way out of this problem. The Benicia Unified School District said that it does not condone this game. And actually, back in 2018, Benicia High School's principal wrote a letter to the community calling for it to end. Reporting live in Benicia, I'm Alyssa Harrington, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Yeah, just what an awful experience for that young man. Alyssa, thank you. (laughs) What an awful experience for that young man. He was so eloquent. Like, we don't get, like, we don't get a, ah, excuse me. We don't get offended around here much, but geez. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I get offended pretty easy, but I try to hide it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Uh, that, that, that's that's really tasteful kind of a, a game. And I mean, sticks and stones with pellets. Jesus Christ. Um, what are we coming to in Benicia? I did, did, did see a lot of Karens in that audience at that community meeting. So God help me. It was probably a lot of fun. But well, to, uh, Benicia's ahead, like a... Um, I don't know. It's like, it's like sort of outskirts of the Bay area a little bit. It's a little bit, you know, like, I don't think a game like this would happen in San Francisco or San Jose. I think the, 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 the Latino kids would just fucking absolutely not be having it. Right. They'd be like, Oh, you're La Migra. Are you, how would you like to meet these hands? It's a numbers game, right? Yeah, Uh, absolutely. Uh, So, uh, Definitely would not fly down here. I do take issue with the the police chief, though. I do think you can arrest your way, maybe not out of it entirely, but you have to set an example at some point. Like if you catch some of these kids, like set an example, hold them in jail overnight. 
make or, them sweat. Or you can just make take them, them the fuck home. Some of these, some of these rich, some of these rich white kids' parents, exactly, are, you would, know, embar- would, embarrass their parents, right? Make you know, put them on the news. Um, well, don't you know? Just even, even in the suburban neighborhoods, the cop cars are showing up at your house. That's pretty. That's embarrassing enough. That's enough, right? Yeah. No, I, I've been. I've, trust me, I've actually. I've been there. Um, so yeah, you're right. It's it's enough of a brand for sure. Um, but yeah, make an example. Set an example. Like you're just it's, you're copping out. And you're copping <laughs> copping out of of uh, you know arresting the football player, right? Just like at Los Gatos. Like, well, just and- make an example. Set an example. Some of it isn't illegal, but some of it is. If they're running through traffic, that's actually illegal, and you can actually yeah. pick somebody up for that. You go, listen, I'm not going to charge you with anything, and I you're mean, you're you're under 18. Oh, I'm going to take you to your. I'm going to take you home. Actually, give you a yeah. ride home today. This is this Talk- is going to be fun. <laughs> We're talking to dad. We're talking to daddy when we get there. Um, you just get there and you yeah. go, hey, you know, um, there's this game going on. It's called La Migra, and uh, you know that game. We can't outlaw the game, but you know, your son, your daughter was participating in this game and was running through the middle of traffic. And so I picked them up and now yeah. we're here <laughs> and I'm shooting, shooting pellets at other people. Like I right. can't imagine that's legal, right? No, that's, 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 that's taking that, the line. That's, that's taking the juvenile hall shit. It's assault, right? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. well, um, I please, uh, chief do make an example, uh, of some folks and pick, pick some of these kids up and take them home to dad and mom. Um, with the with the lights flashing and the sirens on, I think that'd be great. You're right, like on a nice cul-de-sac in Benicia, that that would really get the neighbors going. Well, um, sp- speaking of getting your shit together, because we always ask someone to get their shit together, um, looks like SJPD's got some issues. That, I mean, we already knew that, but um, it, it goes a little de- goes a little deeper, and it's actually a little sadder, unfortunately, um, than we thought. Uh, but we'll let the we'll let Marcus Washington and NBC Bay Area give us the scoop. This is a story that you will only see here on NBC Bay Area. A San Jose police officer accused of being drunk while on the job. Now, sources telling us an FBI agent reported that officer who appeared to be impaired were responding to last week's kidnapping of the baby boy, baby Brandon. Today in the Bay's Ginger Conajero Sob. She's live for us at SJPD headquarters. This is where police chief as well as the mayor will be holding a press conference this morning. So, Ginger, are we expected? Uh, do we know what they're expected to talk about? Well, we do a little bit, Marcus. You're right. This morning, both the mayor and the police chief are expected here at headquarters to uh, to call for further alcohol and drug testing for officers and for that to be included in current negotiations with the Police Officers Association. Right now, contracts for officers are set to expire in June, just a couple months away. Now, this announcement for the news conference comes after a story broke on NBC Bay Area late last night of a San Jose cop accused of being under the influence while responding to the kidnapping of a San Jose baby boy last week. A breathalyzer test showed a blood alcohol level of 0.139, nearly twice the legal limit. The cop Whoa, was blotto. <laughs> blotto, 0.13. Yeah. Yikes, dude. That's that's uh, not good. Um, and on the job too. So I don't, that's the question. The questions just abound, right? Like were they called into service because of baby Brandon and they were expecting to have the day off and they were, you know, having, having a few pops, right. Um, and suddenly they, they got to get on the job. Um, and instead of just being honest, they, they jump to it because you jump to it. Um, 
Yeah, all sorts of questions, <laughs> but that, that's pretty tossed. After three-month-old baby Brandon Collier was taken from inside his home last Monday, the baby was found safe the next day. Now, sources tell us the accused officer had been on duty for several hours. SJPD is investigating this case as well as the district attorney's office. Um, there are strict rules about being impaired or under the influence while you're on duty because it, there's a lot of liability that can go with that and it's very dangerous for other officers if you make a critical mistake. So the mayor and the chief are also proposing more resources for officers when it comes to mental health and substance abuse. That news conference is expected at 11.30. This morning, we'll have updates on our NBC Bay Area app, as well as later on at 5 on NBC Bay Area News. Marcus? Okay, so there's a couple things going on here. If he had already, been, if he was on the job for a couple hours, drinking on the job, for sure. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. If you, if you blow point that high? three, yeah, you there. <clears throat> like that kind of drunk, like in an hour, you're nowhere near point one three anymore. Yeah. No. Have you have you ever blown a breathalyzer before? Or have you yeah. asked you what, what was yeah. that? What's the highest you've ever blown? Do you remember? Point one four, right? I, but I, I was I, fucking fucked up. Like that's what I'm saying, right? Like I, I don't think I've even blown point one, right? Um, and I definitely was not in any condition to drive. Um, so, <laughs> uh, even though I thought I could, um, but <laughs> so yeah, point one three is just yeah, you're plot, you're plot. But um, yeah, there was a, there was a bar I was at, and there was a breathalyzer, and I was leaving with my boyfriend at the time. And he was like, <clears throat> I'm a little drunk, but I think you should blow into the breathalyzer. He's like, I'm not even sure you're safe to, to passenger in a taxi cab right now. I blew the fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was Is point there one. a legal limit for that? Yeah. We had been, we had been drinking all night. Yeah. Like it was a bender. Yeah. It was like a, we went home and didn't have sex kind of bender. <laughs> That's just sad. That you, yeah, that's when you know you're you're drunk. Well, um, so this is just another uh, unfortunate um, symptom of, you know, it looks like officers misbehaving or officers stressing out. There was also the um, the recent uh, uh, fentanyl overdose um, uh, for an SJPD officer. So they are, um, you know, there's a lot of questions that are being asked. But um, unfortunately, the mayor and the chief, I think, here are kind of doing some political grandstanding to take advantage of what is really a really somber and sad situation um once again so hopefully someone steps up and actually proposes something you know uh, compassionate rational um and also gets to the heart of the matter without taking the political victory lap just do it i mean this motherfucker though i gotta tell you straight up i don't know how sorry i feel for this guy and i think you should get canned because this guy pulls people over for dui all the time so <laughs> that's actually true i mean the, the hypocrisy is a little bit too much but I, I mean i do feel for the officer obviously but i also think that they need to be rep, you know there needs to be some sort of accountability right so oh they just like I, a lot of cops they need to not be a cop if they're drinking on the job that's it yeah. i don't give yeah. a fuck like this isn't like <clears throat> this isn't like you're showing up at the office and getting drunk you're like driving yeah, yeah. around a fucking basically an armored vehicle while you're with the blotto. gun <laughs> yeah, you know, with, with a gun on your hip, right, and right. a shotgun right next to you, right in the back. Um, no, yeah, you absolutely shouldn't be a cop. Get them some help, but you know, get them off the street. So they're on administrative leave, um, which is good, <laughs> pending pending review. Um, but um, we shall see.
more than likely not going to be a cop again. But most of these people that are cops shouldn't be fucking cops anyway. But that's a that's a whole other story. Well, yeah, do we even need all these cops? Even well, that's a story that actually the district attorney's uh, candidates in Santa Clara County have been asked and are being uh, asked to answer quite a bit. Um, ooh, segue. Ooh, segue. Uh, Oh, I, I, um, I couldn't believe when I found this on Twitter, I was yes. like, it didn't say San Jose, but it was like, it said the 10th largest city. And I'm like, I think that's San Jose. And then I could see in the back Dang. that sacred heart logo. Yep. And so it's hard to see. And I don't know if what's being reported here is actually true. Uh, because sometimes like when you're moving around in a space with people, sometimes you just, yes. you, you, you clash, you, you know, you've been walking down the. <laughs> the aisle at a store and done the we both go this way we both go this way we both go this way thing then sure. you both stop and hopefully hopefully you stop and have a laugh together at, at the absurdity of life right Ooh, cheese it's <laughs> right <laughs> but it it looks like it's possible that the current and this would be the current um da is that jeff rosen correct um it looks like it's possible that jeff rosen pulled a ch very childish move at a candidates forum and stuck out mm. his leg to trip one of his opponents. Oh my! Um, well, let's let's watch the video and then we can talk about it on the other side. This is video from. Can you let let us know? This is a screenshot video from. A, looks like a Zoom. Oh, that I don't know. I just found it, it on reporter. I just found it on Twitter. Okay, yeah, I think this was from, from a reporter too. So this is a, a semi-objective source, even though it's a, a screenshot of a video. So here's here's Daniel Chung. He goes to shake Jeff Rosen's hand. Oh, you're a Jeff, dick. Jeff declines, and then Jeff, you know, that's right there. So that it, it, it appears if you if you run it in slow motion, right here. There you go. Ah, uh, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell if he deliberately stuck his leg out right there. Right now, that being said. So, uh, what happens there? So Sajid Khan, the third candidate on the far left, asks Jeff Rosen, did you just trip him? Because he was watching the whole thing. And Mr. Rosen says, no, he tripped himself. I mean, it's it, um, it's 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 impossible to tell with the videos, low resolution, plus like the tables and the chairs are in the way. And right. um, I <clears throat> I just can't. Well, OK, I don't know why he refused to shake his hand. Um, I can tell I can give you a little insight there just in terms of why is, is there Daniel bad Chung blood between running. these two people yeah daniel chung is sort of a whistleblower within the da's office um he's a deputy da um i believe deputy da or at least a, uh, he works in the da's office um but he's kind of a whistleblower and he's been he has called da rosen on a number of internal um issues uh and that while it may not be the you know the the raison de trois that he's you know he's in the race the the primary reason um it's certainly a motivating factor <laughs> for him being in the race um and jeff uh i'm sorry the district attorney mr rosen is not necessarily enamored of him so it, it doesn't surprise me that he didn't apologize even after perhaps accidentally tripping him because he did trip over mr rosen's foot whether or not mr rosen put his foot there deliberately to trip mr chung is up to debate um haha they're at a debate um but he also didn't apologize or sort of excuse himself or say any, you know, given any of the pleasantries that you normally would when someone accidentally trips over your foot, right? Um, and that's actually the point that Mr. Khan made. He actually was asked by reporters, you know, because he was right there. And he said, yeah, it, looks, it looked to me like D.A. Rosen tripped my opponent. Now, granted, he has a lot to gain from embarrassing D.A. Rosen because he's running against him as well. Um, but that being said, um, 
they are all attorneys, you would expect them all to be honorable gents. Well, um, you but could, this, this, this race is getting a little testy. They're, they're all running for office. <clears throat> and yes. you'd think that Mr. Rosen could at least be gracious and be like, yes. oh, he did trip over my leg, but no, I didn't put it there to yes. trip him. Yes. You see him sort of just, um, if you can, if you rewind it, like sort of the, just the aftermath of the trip heard around the world. Because um, this actually made quite a stir in our local politics, um, as as sort of very quick and and um, so first is this, but he obviously just you know does not want to shake the guy's hand. So he disrespects the guy a lot, obviously already. And then yeah, it's but hard, it's hard to it's, it's that, impossible. It, whether he did it deliberately or not, though, like my me, it being me, right? My first instinct, if someone trips over my leg like that, I'm like, oh, bro, I'm so sorry. I, I apologize, actually, even if it wasn't my fault, right? Um, just because my leg, my long ass leg was sticking out, and I have you know big old tree stump legs, you know. So whatever, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's not a lot of room back there. Yeah, but he the the, the fact that he mm -hmm. didn't even acknowledge that the guy tripped or that he accidentally fell over his leg is is kind of it's it's classless, whether or not he intended to or not, right? It's just it just shows you know, where this race is at and where, where sometimes our local politics go. So, um, I just, I just can't understand why you wouldn't want to, even if you don't like the guy <clears throat> and even if you're like running negative ads about him or whatever you're doing, like all in the game, I don't imagine, yeah. I can't imagine a, a, a way in which it would seem politically advantageous in a local race to appear ungracious in this way. I, I would agree with you there, especially on video. <laughs> There are so many times in local races where it goes unnoticed, which is why this show exists <laughs> um, in a way. Um, but there's so many times when things like that go unnoticed and they're going more noticed now because we are more uh, 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 locked in uh, in terms of the virtual world. Right. So we're seeing more um, than we used to. Um, but still, uh, these things do get swept under the rug and they do go unnoticed if they're not recorded and, and someone is not minding the, sh the shop. So that's what we try to do it down ballot send us your clips if you see anything like that if you have video of a candidate forum and some sh some shenanigans go down send us the video give us some context we would love to have you on to talk about it even if you have a proper microphone correct <laughs> i mean yeah. we're gonna have to do a whole show one day about how good this show sounds so i just can't <clears throat> I, I just again like unless this rosen guy is so far ahead in the polls that he just doesn't give a fuck like I it's can't not even so much that it's he, just, he doesn't give a fuck about Daniel Chung. He certainly should give a fuck about Sajid Khan, his opponent, because he outraised him substantially in the last fundraising period. That being said, it's a big county, and he's and uh, the uh, Rosen is running with incumbency, so it's it's a, it's a long trek to uh, unseat him. But he's not worried about Daniel Chung, um, so it's it's almost even more classless that he doesn't have to worry about the guy. So he should be gracious, um, right? And it would show it would show better for him anyway, even if the guy is a whistleblower in his own office. But there's nothing all, all, like, the, all the more reason, all the more reason to be gracious. And I if that guy is blowing the whistle on like. Corruption or what he believes to be corruption in his own office at great risk to his own career, then mm -hmm. I like him. Generally, I'm going to yeah. tend to I'm going to tend to like I'm going to tend to give those people the benefit of the doubt. Our neighbors have his lawn signs. They are unfortunate. They are sadly single-sided. It's the saddest thing I've seen. They have two of them, though, so they're able to, you know, counteract that problem. But yeah, about, ladies and gents, if you're going to get lawn signs double-sided, perpendicular to the road, that's all I'm going to say. So this might be our last mask story 
I think we, we, we may be getting close or like we may be within a, just a few weeks of our last mask story. My face is like this lady's here. Julia Goodrich. <laughs> really? <laughs> that would be awesome. So I like um, how they have like the one modern BART train in the, yeah, right. in this, I've never <laughs> been car. on, I, I take, one. I take BART kind of regularly. I've never been on a BART train that looks like the future. Is that the shuttle to the Oakland airport? What is that? It might be, or they have some new, they have some new trains too. That's true. They, that's true. But this is like a single car, but yeah, regardless. Yeah. That, <laughs> that looks like the future, the future of BART. Um, well, uh, so they are reinstating their face mask. They, do, uh, did they ever drop their face mask mandate? I no, mean, the state I, did, but well, the state, the state, no, not for so some judge out of Florida. The 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 mask mandate for transit was actually a federal mandate. Oh, that's right. The federal mandate was was uh, overturned. That's so right. a judge out of Florida had a, a ruling on the face mask mandate that read a lot like right. a Facebook comment. <laughs> right, I remember. Yeah, and so, um then local agencies were kind of left to make up their own decision. And I think Bart was the only one to keep the mask mandate. That's right. Or they hadn't made a a decision or they let theirs expire or something. Yeah. I remember now. Okay. So they finally, the Bart board finally got around to voting. Let's find out what happened. We start with mask rules. They're making a comeback on BART. And we've lived the history. It was April of 2020 when we caught the first mask signs going up at BART. Then last week, we saw the first mask-free riders after transit agency dropped mask rules. But now, they're back. Sort of. KPI X-Files Wilson Walker on why this time around you could call it mask mandate light. Well, for starters, no one's getting thrown off a train for not wearing a mask. The board of directors acknowledges that there are some mixed mask signals right now, but they want this to be BART policy, so masking now in the passenger code of conduct. And I think it's a great idea because when you're sitting in an incubation tube for an hour, but at least while COVID's rampant, people are already getting infected. Like most BART passengers we saw today, Bill was masked during his trip, and that is what BART would like to see from everyone for at least the next several months. Thank you, motion carries with directors Allen and Rayburn abstaining. 10 days after a federal judge in Florida threw national mask rules out the window, BART directors said they wanted to send their own message. The intention of this measure is to protect those vulnerable communities, people who have underlying health conditions. And they know there is some mass confusion and fatigue so there will be no enforcement per se, just masks offered to those without them. Not even do the citation. I mean, just don't even get into a big conflict because right now it's the country's in conflict over this and we don't need more. And they do have folks walking around like if you're not wearing a mask, literally handing you a mask, which is fantastic. I'm all right with it. I'd rather not have to think about it, but I'm all right with it. So masks again are expected in the paid areas at least into the summertime, the board of directors is going to revisit this issue in July. We're here at Rockridge Station, Wilson Walker, KPX Five. Meh, meh, meh. Well, I'll just bring my mask. I'm gonna go on Bart. I mean, I, I mean, I've been wearing it anyway on like Caltrain, everything. It's it's there's no reason to take it off at this point. No, and I think that um these. They're cl- the cars are climate controlled and shit. Like, you're fine, especially if they yeah. run a little extra AC or whatever. You're fine. Yeah, I think everyone will be all right. Um, 
we'll we'll find out. As long as we don't get stuck in the tunnel. God, that sucks. Yeah, it's the worst. The I was stuck worst. in the tunnel once, and I really, really, really had to pee. <laughs> it looked like that reporter had to pee there at the end of the story. He was yeah, free, a little bit, or, he was, or it was the wind. Maybe he was just feeling the wind, but the breeze. Anyway, um, well, a uh, little bit of down ballot taste, taste for you there of Bart Board. That's an elected body, by the way. You can run for the Bart Board if you live in a Bart County, and I think that's going to um, now or a Bart City. So I think that actually changes now. I think San Jose is actually going to get some representation on the BART board. So we might have a new elected official opportunity for some local yokel to take up um, and be able to call themselves honorable. The honorable. The honorable. The honorable. The honorable good wife. The honorable good wife. Who knows? I'm, I mean, she loves transportation policy. Let me tell you. Um, she could just talk your ear off all, all night long. Um, or, or maybe not. Um, maybe she might kill me if we talk about it for too long. So let's move but, on to, and another thing, cause we're kind of up against it here. Everybody who's listening are. to this podcast, do make sure you check out local love. And if you're uh, checking this out live, don't go anywhere. Chip DeVille's probably on his way over here soon. And, um, for the record, we don't need energy drinks. Um, this is, we have two animal interest stories and one of these is really weird. What the, f- what the fuck are coyotes doing in San Francisco? That's a fantastic question. I mean, there have been like bear cats, right, in the, up there recently. So let's find out what the coyotes are doing. A pair of coyote attacks in San Francisco is certainly causing alarm for pet owners this evening. KPX 5's John Ramos explained some are worried the coyotes are losing their fear of people. There isn't a lot of room for nature here in the middle of San Francisco, so as a result, residents are fiercely protective of any kind of wildlife. But there are real dangers to having that kind of compassion. The signs are up and the paths are closed in Corona Heights Park in San Francisco. It's coyote pupping season, and in this city, coyotes are not only tolerated, they're given a safe place to breed. Yeah, I was surprised that there's like an area here with an active coyote den in the first place. That's like already pretty interesting in the middle of the city i hope that you know humans and and wildlife can live in peace and not you know attack each other but uh i'm glad that you know san francisco allows them to kind of do their thing and keep residents safe at the same time that is the sentiment of a lot of san franciscans live and let live but that's not how nature works the coyotes are predators and are always on the hunt for food and as they lose their fear of man they've become bolder in killing small pets Twice in one week, small dogs were snatched in front of their owners when they momentarily let them off leash. One of them occurred at the corner of 14th and Castro, a half mile from the park. Bobby DeBernardo and his dog Joanne were chased back into their house this morning by one of them. It noticed us and then it like crossed the street, no problem, and started getting closer, so we ran back inside. So it actually came closer to you? Yeah, it, it saw us and came to us. Aww. That's a little unnerving, isn't it? Yeah, very. Yeah, it's not the first time that's happened. Signs are posted everywhere warning pet owners to always keep them on a leash and advising that small dogs be picked up and removed from the area. There are also constant reminders not to feed the coyotes, which is only making them more comfortable around humans. Andrew Davies snapped this photo of one of a pair of coyotes that were eyeing him and his dog Rufus. But Rufus willing to live with. Yeah, of course, there's a balance that needs to be kept. But I just believe that every creature has at least as much right to be here as I do, and um, I wouldn't dream of of 
uh, culling them or, or anything like that. But DiBernardo wonders if the city's hands-off policy for coyotes is coming at the expense of those who suffer the devastation of losing a beloved member of the family. I think it's gone a little too far, the compassion, when they are stealing dogs and cats and pets, yeah. I, I don't think that people without dogs realize what, what they mean to us. Yeah. In San Francisco, John Ramos, KPIX5. Animal control folks do say that coyotes are protected by state law and only the Department of Fish and Wildlife can remove or relocate one. Passing the buck. That, <clears throat> that dude at the end can go fuck himself. Passing the buck. The, 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 the old dude was cool. The old dude was like, nah, these, they have as much right to be here as I do or more. It's a fucking coyote. They're like indigenous animals to the area. And we like build a bunch of fucking houses and shit where they used to live. The other guy at the end is like, well, the compassion for the coyotes has gone too far. And it's like, fuck you. Fuck you right. and your little dog. Oh, and your little dog too. Um, like, and, and please don't... Uh, Dog owners, why are you letting your dogs run off leash, especially near a coyote habitat? Are you kidding? My God. Well, yeah, um, yeah, like I just don't, I, I, I just can't with that guy. It's like, it's like fucking. Just, everything's fine until your dog gets ate. I, I guess so, but like I don't know, man. It's just like your dog's an animal, the coyote's an animal. Like it's just they're they're fucking animals, and we're all like we're animals too. And like if they were running around eating us too, I mean, we would probably want. I would win a fight versus one coyote, not versus two, I think. If I no, absolutely had to fight coyotes. Yeah. And they're pretty cunning too. We have thumbs and we have speak, but we you know, it doesn't really help in the in the lick of battle necessarily. Well, yeah. um anyway, fuck the guy at the end. That's all. Yeah, that's that's just a little bit past in the buck there. Um well, we gotta talk to fish and wildlife. Um figure it out. Uh in other animal uh, husbandry, there's a bear in Vacaville, a bear scare, if you will. That's right. Hi, Jessica. Yes. When we got here this morning, the neighbor took me to the backyard to give me a close-up look at this bear. It's oh, very I big. Where I was expecting it. Very big, at least. And a lot of the neighbors said the same thing. And there's a lot of buzz around the neighborhood about this bear. Seeing a bear is just crazy to, in my hometown. It's the talk of a Vacaville neighborhood, a bear getting a little too close for comfort. Looks like the bear's just trying to take a nap for right now. We found assistant principal Greg White closely watching the bear that occasionally lifted its furry head, but just behind this yard, a middle school in session. Now we're right against the fence line. Moments later, the bear decides to make a move, slowly at times through the trees and down the driveway, then venturing out to other yards. <gasps> wow! At one point, we spotted it rounding a corner and heading back towards the neighbors and me. Aww. You can see me taking off, trying not to get too close to the 300-pound <laughs> wild animal. Guys, he's running towards you. That's the camera guy. called in Fish and Wildlife after watching the bear's movements for hours. They're the experts. This isn't something that we deal with on a regular basis. Even though some say the bear has been around for days, police say the situation changed with school today. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's like brother bear, you know? Brother bear's pretty sick. Yeah. What do you think about this? I think I think it's pretty cool. You know, wilderness is coming back into the uh, town. Yeah. I like it a lot. But some wonder why the community and bear had to co-mingle <laughs> for so long. I thought they would have relocated the bear. What, they just left and they left the bear to wander around? 
for now a wild day and wild tale for girls, boys, and the bear. And police just came out and gave us an update. They're telling us that fish and wildlife experts are inside, and they're saying they're going to try and wait this out until this evening when it's a little bit calmer out here, less traffic, and they're hoping that the bear will make its own way back to the wilderness. Back to you, Jessica. All right, let's hope. It's just like visiting your neighborhood. I don't know. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just hanging out. Everyone has a you know bear in their neighborhood, Winnie the Pooh style just just chilling, looking for some honey. Um, but yeah, uh, be very again, be very careful. And if you're filming the bear, if you see it running at you, you might want to pick up the camera and right. get the fuck out of the way. Might be time to um, go. Although that cameraman, I go. I thought it was pretty cool with the cameraman like being that brave. He, you know, golly for him. Don't be a hero though. Come on, bro. We don't want anyone. We don't want to see anyone mauled on down ballot. That would be the worst. Um, but it would probably get good ratings. Anyway, speaking of that, um, shall we? Shall we read it out for the evening, and and lead you into the local loves? Yep you you go ahead and read oh. it out. I'm I'm changing well, the name of the stream and everything for the local love. That's oh, right well, after do, this, so. do that. Well, thank you as always, producer Dave, um, for men in the ones and the twos and the dials and all that. Um, thank you to listener for downloading the podcast version of this show. We hope it's entertaining, even though you, you obviously should be watching us live. Uh, if you want to do that, tune in next Tuesday night, seven thirty PM. We'll probably dip into a little bit of the local election scene since, uh, ballots are dropping next week. Um, and uh, obviously, stay tuned for local love. Tune into all of the other Echoplex Media shows. Um, you can find out more at EchoplexMedia.com. As always, uh, get your booster and make sure you wear your mask on BART at very least. And your pants seem to be optional still, so we'll give you an update next week. Peace out. <laughs> To get the party started Pick up my phone Just to check and see who's calling Dress up real nice For the ladies at the bar And I'm driving in my car Just to get to where they are Here at the local scene Is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette And I hold my drink I look at all my friends They're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage Waiting for MTV Where are those guys Who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand Ready to blaze for me About five minutes later We're all singing queen To get the fuck up on and like the scene, yeah. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. We do what we want, and what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band. Enjoy that band. I turn and head back to the bar for a refill, man, because you know where we are. We're headed out to the car To smoke another one And another one Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing You know it's time to head in Alright everybody now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it And then pass it to me yeah. We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want what we want to do, and what we want is to jam, so sit back and
the show tonight is down and dirty in five, so we're headed outside to spark up another joint. Now who's got my lighter? Stoner E, of course. Shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch, being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the U.S. economy. The truth is, is that I don't think logically. Stoner E, take you on a psychedelic odyssey. Now inside, motherfuckers is rocking me, and outside, shit, we smoke a lot of broccoli. Rockin' the rolly, all the sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but don't probably do it sloppily We do what we want, what we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Dance with the band, enjoy the band We do what we want, what we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live? Then join our Discord server at discord.me slash echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the now space on Discord at discord.me slash echoplex. <laughs>